I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. So hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. I am really excited about today's guest. Uh, For those of you who don't know or have listened, you know, depending on where you're at, um, I've had several spinal surgeries, and that is going to be today's topic. I have Dr. Bridget Rosenberg with me, and I'm really excited to have her on. And before I bring Dr. Rosenberg on, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Uh, Dr. Bridget Rosenberg is one of the country's most respected authorities on non-surgical decompression, a non-invasive way to relieve back pain and help patients regain the optimum degree of mobility, comfort, and overall wellness. She is the founder of the Spine and Disc Clinic and creator of Mineralgia, Dr. Rosenberg is classically trained in mainstream chiropractic techniques, but also draws upon her extensive postgraduate studies in spine and disc conditions to perform non-surgical spinal decompression and peripheral neuropathy techniques. She holds certifications in these disciplines from the International Medical Advisory Board on Spinal Decompression and from Parker University, respectfully. She is known for taking a comprehensive whole body approach with her patients, not just treating pain, but examining its source, symptoms, and duration. A native of Israel, Dr. Rosenberg was inspired by her mother, also a doctor, to make her gift for healing her profession. She resides in the Los Angeles area where she continues to practice and serves as a member on a handful of medical associations and advisory boards. Please welcome Dr. Rosenberg. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I'm so excited. We chatted before we hopped on. So you had a little bit of background too. Um, But before we jump in, I like to ask my guests a question. And so my question for you is what is your favorite cookie and or memory cookie memory? My favorite cookie is Oreo. I love cookies. They're so yummy. In any shape and form, ice cream, cookies. I added to different puddings when my kids were little. I'm oh, stuck. so fun! So, do you eat them? Um, do you take them apart and eat them, or do you eat them like sushi style? <laughs> you know what? Any shape and form, anyway. And now I like the fact that they have the thin ones, and it's a hundred calorie for a packet. Perfect. Oh, it makes you feel better about eating. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't gotten Oreo yet, so I love that. Um, So let's just bounce right on in. So first we, you are a doctor, you're from Israel. Um, I was raised Jewish by the way. And so it's like holds still dear to my heart. And uh, so tell me a little bit more about what you do and a little bit of why it's so important to you. Cause uh, we'll go into why with your, with mineralgia, right. Is how I pronounce it. Mineralgia. Correct. Yeah. Actually just came back two three days ago so wow. it was really awesome so i'm a chiropractor i've been uh, practicing for over 25 years and i specialize in spine and disc condition particularly chiropractic is a very you know it's a very broad you know alternative profession you can have many different ways to practice within the chiropractic profession some specialize in nutrition some specialize in sports 
injuries. For many years, I specialized in rehab after car accidents, trauma-related injuries. Um, always, always was interested in spine and disc. This was kind of like my thing. I like the structure and the anatomy of the body. Um, and so that that's kind of, I, I fell into that niche of work. So that's my specialty. I like treating patients that have severe sciatica, severe low back pain, unable to walk and give them all the therapies and all the different, using different techniques, equipment, technologies to get them better. Um, you know, when you're a doctor, you you treat sick people, you treat people in pain, they're, they're emotional, there's always, a, there's always something going on, except just to have a little headache or have a little back pain. So to me, I'm very passionate about helping patients. I, uh, it's been a long time that I've been doing this, but I really feel that that's my calling. Seeing them walking out of my office with less pain, literally emotional about, oh my God, thank you. You really helped me change my life, giving me my activity of daily living life back. To me, that's very, very rewarding and extremely fulfilling. And I feel that that's how I you know, kind of fell into that niche of work within my profession. I love that so much. And so with the pandemic and everyone, there's a lot of stay-at-home moms or there's a lot of business owners now and we're all working from home. Did you see a big influx of back and neck pain in patients or at least inquiries? I mean, obviously we were mostly remote, but with the pandemic, have you seen more of that? Yes. So we are essential. So we were always open. And, you know, when, when this whole thing first started, you know, you never really know how things are going to go. You, you don't know. Are people going to come in? I mean, it's a pandemic. I mean, we treat patients. It's a close contact. Uh, we don't necessarily always have a glass between us that you can have a you can have that plexiglass in the front office. But when you're treating a patient in the room, yeah, they may lay down with their face down or face up, but there's always a contact. So we really didn't know how it's going to be. And um we have seen a lot of patients coming in because working from home, when you work in an office, the office uh, basically provides you the proper ergonomics. When you work from home, you don't have the proper ergonomics. You don't necessarily have a desk to work from that is a, you know, conducive to work on the computer eight hours a day. Some of us, some of the people like to work on their bed. They think it's kind of fun and they're, you know, lounging, but it's really bad for your posture and for your back. Um, you don't have the right height to have a computer screen versus a chair with the arms raising up and down. So people don't have the proper ergonomics necessarily when they work from home. So that's in and of itself caused a lot of discomfort. Second of all, when people are in pain, they'll go even though it's a pandemic. I had one patient in the beginning of all this COVID situation and he's in his 70s and I'm like, why are you coming here? I mean, we can we can basically reschedule you. Let's wait and see how things are. And he said, I would not be here if I wouldn't be in pain. Do you think I would be here and I would make my trip if I wouldn't be in pain? I wouldn't. So if I'm here, I, I can't handle it. So this is the kind of stuff we saw throughout the pandemic. Influx of patients that are just uh, people that are just ergonomically incorrect. They either work out at home and nobody's watching them. Nobody's spotting them. They lift weights incorrectly or stretch or overdo. Such a great or point. Or they work from home and they don't have the proper structure or the proper environment. So both of these really cause an influx. So those doctors or the, especially the chiropractors that, are, that were open did see a big influx of patients during that time. So do you have any pointers or tips on what is the best ergonomically 
for working from home, like height for your computer or chair and what is the best practice that we could maybe offer some listeners that are like working now, like for me, I already know that I'm not in the best space because I just make it work. But, you know, uh, everyone's always trying to improve their posture and just want to maybe be more productive or proactive I, um, with that. Right. So first of all, when you work, let's, let's just take the co- computer situation first. It's very important to have a proper eye level with the monitor. So if you're sitting on a dining room desk or a, or a kitchen table uh, and the t- table is a little lower than the eye level of your screen, then put some books or take a box and put your computer a little higher. So then your eye level will be even with the screen. That way you don't have to uh, bend your body or flex your posture or bend your neck. You know, during the pandemic and even before, we have a condition called tech neck, which is basically a condition that, that it's, it's in the last 10 years it was neck. developed. <laughs> People are just on their phone all day long. So they develop this thing called tech neck. They're either on their phone or they're on their computer and they're flexed forward. So you always want to, you do not want to stay in the same position and posture for too long. So if you need to work out of your kitchen table, or dining room table, take a break every like hour, an hour and a half and stretch out, walk around a little bit, move your body. Okay. Uh, make sure that your chair is comfortable, that it's a 90 degree angle. Your arm have to be as, as, as parallel as 90 degree as possible to the keyboard. But again, it's very difficult because we don't have the chair that can, most of us or some of us don't have the chair that can change the height of the seat or the height of the arms because that's an office chair. So you need to try to adjust. So if you need to, if you have a bar, like a, like a counter in the kitchen, sometimes do your work standing for a little bit. And even if the bar is a little bit too low when you're standing, because you feel like you're now neck is forward, put a few books or a box underneath your laptop or computer to elevate it. So your eye level is always, you know, uh, parallel to the screen. And that can avoid a lot of neck and upper shoulder tension. So kind of listen to your body. Don't ignore those little symptoms. If you feel a little discomfort, just move around, you know, stand up, stretch your body, stretch your arms, stretch your neck. And if you have any kind of pain after sitting for too long and it doesn't go away, I always suggest to use a little ice, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. It's going to decrease the inflammation and the spasm. So it's not going to flare up into something bigger than it needs to be. Sure. Because I mean, I can tell when I've been sitting all day because I've been fused from my L4 to my S1. And so the arthritis is there sometimes, or if it's raining or the conditions or my kids are running around and I'm up and down a lot. Um, and also just sitting too much. So there's always, always when I'm feeling stiff, I always have to get up and listen and I don't ever want to create more problems. And I've noticed, you know, I've gotten more tension in like my shoulders because I'm hunched or just sitting, or maybe I hold stress there. And so different ways to do that. I used to do heating pads, but then my doctor was like, if you do too much heat, then you get that lizard back in the lizard skin, which, you know, when you're on heat all the time, right. Or I soak it in the shower with a really heavy shower head. (laughs) So, you know, I always like the combination of the hot and cold. So when, when, for example, if it's cold, so you have to gauge if it's, let's talk about hot and cold for a minute. Sure. So people are like, when do I use ice? When do I use heat? So for example, if someone like you that had back surgery or a patient that has arthritis 
and they and in a cold weather they feel stiff and, and pain that's the time to use heat right the heat will stimulate blood flow and it will decrease this pain and stiffness but if you sit all day and you develop stiffness in your neck because you sat all day and this is this deep ache or you lifted a bag of groceries and you and you hurt your back for a moment or you lifted your baby for too long and you have pain then you can use ice in the very beginning in the first few hours and after a few hours you can start using heat and alternating the ice is going to decrease the inflammation and decrease the pain and the heat that's going to come after few hours after two hours is going to stimulate blood flow and the combination of the cold and the hot will create a pumping mechanism where the bad blood as we call it which is the one that causes the inflammation will be flushed out of the system and then the good blood because you're heating the area is going to come back into the system so that's going to create that healing it's a very natural extremely safe way of treating yourself at home right and i always find that i don't really ice anymore it's more heat for me, like when I wake up in the morning, sometimes I'm stiff, especially in the winter time. But we had an ice storm here in Texas, which is very odd. And we didn't have power, so I couldn't heat it. So I used, um, when the power came back on, I would use these socks. I'd fill them with rice and I put them in the microwave and or oven to keep them warm. So then when the power went out, I'd have some sort of heat to keep it warm because as soon as it, because it's metal, it gets cold. And then I'm a very petite person. So the muscles are large and so they get inflamed. And my doctor's like, unfortunately, if you do too much, they could just get inflamed just for the sole purpose that the screws are so big and they get irritated. So it's just, um, it's kind of, so I do heat in the mornings with a really heavy shower head and just let it just pound it and loosen it. That's what you need to do for your condition. But the eyes that I'm talking about is let's say, your it's like it's like a like an injury. Oh, you sat too long, sure. and, and your neck is stiff because you sat too long in front of the computer, and you have pain in your mid back, or you lifted something heavy, or you're you know bending over do laundry all day long, and you, and so you need to gauge it. But trying either one of those, depending on what you need and what's your condition, is very safe. And 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 you or anybody as their own, as a patient or as an own individual will see what works best for them. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Kind of make it easier. It's like, well, like, but for example, if someone is gonna run, going out for a run and twist their neck, ankle, they will not. They should not put any heat on it. They should put no. ice on it because twisting an ankle is gonna cause inflammation. And you want to kill the inflammation before it flares up. Rest, ice, compress, like it's the rice movement, right? Where you, you know, rest it, ice it, compress it, and elevate it, right? Is what you're supposed to do. And don't take your shoe off. (laughs) I also learned is it'll swell. Um, But that's another story for another day. So as for medication and things and naturopathic ways of dealing with back pain, you know, there's an opioid crisis with medication. I mean, when I was going through trying to either find doctors or before I decided to have a second surgery, I really didn't like taking that medication. It didn't make me feel good. I, after a day or two, it would help. And then I would need to take more. And I don't, I was like, Nope, don't want to do that. So trying to find a better way to do it. And everyone, a lot of people don't like to take medication. So you have a remedy for that, that you've also created and also ibuprofen and something like that, but maybe you don't want to take that either. That's a great question. So yes, yeah, so in the fight of the opioid epidemic, 
Um, there's few things that I do in my practice and few things that I um, implement. First of all, the treatment that we provide in my centers are non-surgical spinal decompression. And what that means is that that's a treatment that's provided for primarily patients that have herniated or bulging discs and have sciatica. Now you have spondylolisthesis or had spondylolisthesis. Spondylolisthesis is a different spinal condition that indicates slipped vertebra. So when the vertebra slips forward, in relation to the one below it, it can cause instability in the spine. But there are people that have herniated and bulging disc without a slipped vertebra, without a spondylolisthesis. Those are the patients that can be treated um, without surgery or without anything, or even without drugs. Because when you have a when you have a bulging or herniated disc, the bulge and the the disc is pressing on the nerve that goes to the leg, and that's how patients develop sciatica. It doesn't matter how many medications or drugs or what are the patient going to take. It will not take off the pressure. It's a mechanical body problem. So you mechanically need to fix this problem. The non-surgical spinal decompression is a technology and technique that's using science research and technology. It's a special table. It was developed by the doctor that, that invented the defibrillator. There was a lot of research done on the non-surgical spinal decompression, particularly on some tables on, in Mayo Clinic, John Hopkins, Stanford, and many other universities. And what it does is we in, input the data into the computer. It's all computer generated um, based on the patient's MRI, age, height, weight. And we are attaching certain harnesses to the upper and lower part of the body. Patient is laying down on the table flat. It is not painful. It's not invasive. And it stretches out the spine. And it's not like traction that everybody knows or thinks. It stretches out the spine, particularly emphasizing on that particular area that has a problem. So if a patient has, for example, a herniated or bulging disc, um, and L4, L5, you have you had spondylo in that area, then we only will stretch L4 and 5 and allow that disc to go to come back in. When you do that, you don't need any medication because you mechanically fix the problem that causes pain. But in the process, when you do have a lot of pain, any of those opioids that you mentioned, the narcos, the Percocet, they're not going to help. They actually work on the brain center that causes that. Basically, when you have pain in wow. the back, and the signal to the brain and it blocks that center. We have many different other technologies in the office. We call that one of them is class four lasers. We have a machine called Neuromed, which all based on computer algorithm. It blocks the pain locally where the pain is present. So it blocks those firing that the nerve endings are, you know, nerves communicate via electricity and they communicate with a chemical called neurotransmitter. So when you block that pain at that level, you don't, it doesn't send a signal to the brain. So we use the technology and I also developed that topical pain relieving cream called Mineralgia. Mineralgia is a topical cream that's used exactly on the area where the pain is located. It is based on Dead Sea salts, magnesium, and many minerals. The salt as, acts as a magnet to inflammation. So it basically sucks out the inflammation from the area, which in turns decreases the sensation of pain. Mm -hmm. It also has a cooling effect and a warm effect, a little bit of both. So all the ingredients are meant to do and meant to be extremely effective for pain and inflammation. That's why this product is so effective. So it's like, it's, it's a, basically it's a combination of, of different techniques that we use. We use the treatment, we use the different technology for pain, the, 
the lasers, the neuromeds, and we give the patient in office and at home the topical pain cream. Um, and so those three patients don't need to take any medication. They're all done in a natural way. That's amazing. I Medication is just, I feel that it's a quick fix or they try it just to throw it out or they're trying to take, like not take responsibility. I mean, I've had my history with doctors and just like they gave me Cadian at one point, which is a, yeah, I, if everyone's seeing her face, she's like, uh, it's, it's a pill form of morphine. Well, I'm allergic to morphine and he didn't ask me. So as soon as I took it, I just, it came right back. And, um, I had learned that I was allergic to morphine when I had my first surgery, cause it was making me really ill. And so if you don't have, if you're going to a doctor and they're just prescribing to prescribe it, uh, I went to another doctor. He actually took them from me and said like, can I have these? I'm going to go get, take care of it and go report the doctor that gave them to you because it's just, they it could get reckless. And if you're not educated, you're just going to take it because the doctor, the specialist that you're trusting, you're going to do it. And so anything natural you can do, of course is the best. And then I had to do the steroid injections, which again, the first time I had one, you saw uh, the scans, the doctor said like, why are I was already put out for it, but they're like, why is she on my table? Like, this isn't going to help her. She's too, she needs surgery, but they do it anyway, because they're trying to do the non-invasive granted this is 2004. And you know, I've had a couple of steroid injections in the past, but that could have been tied to the staph infection too. So those are huge needles. It's a procedure. You got to lay on your back. You got to wait to not leak spinal fluid. So there's all these things that everyone goes to first. And so I'm really excited to be able to educate my listeners on other things, especially like a cream that you could do and the dead sea in Israel. I mean, there's lots of things that can like the salt, of course, cause you float and, uh, lots of healing remedies in there. So can you Correct. expand a little bit more about that? Sure. So the Dead Sea is the lowest point on earth. It is extremely rich. It has 26 rich minerals and people from all over the world go to immerse themselves in the Dead Sea because for their, for, for its therapeutic benefits, whether it's a skin condition or arthritic condition, you know, the skin is extremely porous. The Dead Sea really helps all these rheumatic conditions, pain, inflammation, arthritis, eczema, psoriasis, all of them. I actually just came back from Israel three days ago and I visited the Dead Sea. It's very dense. Nothing lives in that sea. There's no fish or any other life animals. You cannot swim in that sea. You can only float. When you walk in and you actually touch it, it feels like you're walking into a bath of oil because it's extremely rich. You can also smell the minerals. You can smell the sulfur. You can smell the magnesium. It's very, very rich and extremely beneficial. So extracting there, there are a lot of products in the market that have that sea salts but they're primarily for the skin there's really nothing out there that is for pain and that's why i was so excited and kind of like i had this ah moment that was a while ago um to say well i i'm not in the cosmetic industry that's not my field i'm treating patients with pain i use topical creams all the time you know my mother always told me you need to go to the dead sea you need to immerse yourself it's going to help all the aches and pains you have you have and it's going to last for a long time I'm like why don't we take it and put it in a bottle and use it in the office and it's just amazing it's so natural but you you really really feel it 
when you walk into that sea, you feel how it really sucks into your skin. You, not only your skin is silky smooth, but you're like, it's almost lubricating your whole body. It's, and, and also you breathe it in because every, you know, when you walk in there, the smell is so strong, you can totally breathe it. So it's very relaxing, very soothing. It, it's really an unparalleled experience. You have to kind of experience it in order to, to know what I'm saying. But using the cream and using the salt in that cream is so effective and we get so many great results with that. And so do you have to extract it from, like you have to obviously put it, you, you go through a process to get it out or is it just... So, so they're using the salt and they're, we, we are importing the salt from Israel and the manufacturing that, that creates the cream here in the United States is using the raw material from Israel for the Dead Sea salts in order for, you know, for it to be in the product. That's amazing. And so where could our listeners find that if they were more interested in looking into the topical creams, you know, back pain, neck pain, now that we talked about the influx of cases, but I feel like that's a most common thing is back pain and neck pain. Um, and uh, where could they find that? So we sell it on our website. It's under mineralgia.com and they can find it on the website. We also sell it in many different doctor's offices throughout the United States. In fact, there are some uh, health food stores in Austin. I can't remember the name uh, that sells it, but there are many different stores that sell it. Um, doctor's offices, spas, massage therapists are using it everywhere. So it's, you know, that's, that's what, but mineralgia.com is the best way to find it. Wonderful. And I'll have that linked um, in the show notes for you uh, listeners that are wanting to take a look at it. And I also have one more question and it's more of like, it's a, it's a spinal question. And what is the difference for those that don't know between sciatica and the other type of nerve pain? I mean, I know, um, but for others, like how can they tell what would be sciatica and what something else maybe that should, they should look further into? Right. So that's a great question. So sciatica, it's actually a word that it's a, diff, it's a, it's a name of a nerve. Right. We, we have a nerve in our body that's called the sciatic nerve. That nerve is very thick. So think about it like a very thick rubber band. And it's a, it's a nerve that's basically made of several spinal nerves that come together, they branch off and they join together. And that's what makes it a thick band. And it goes through from the back, through the buttock, through the glute, glute area, all the way down to the foot. So it travels like a long line from the back, all the way down to the back of the thigh, back of the leg, all the way down to the foot. And then it splits off and then it supplies different part of the front of the foot as well. So when people have sciatica, it's basically, they use that word to describe, I have pain radiating from the back down to my leg. Doesn't matter what part of the leg, they say I have sciatica. Not every pain that's radiates to the back of the leg or to any part of the leg is necessarily sciatica. It needs to be properly diagnosed. If it goes to the back of the leg, to the back of the thigh, to the back of the glute, I mean, and the glute area right in the center, it can be sciatic nerve that's being irritated somewhere along the spine. If it goes to the front of the thigh or to the front of, or to the groin area, that's not sciatica. It's coming from a different nerve. But we just learn to just use the word synonymous with like, oh, I have pain going down into my leg. I have sciatica. So that's basically the two difference. It, to properly diagnose the origin of where it's coming from, a patient would need to get an MRI. And sure. obviously 
clinical. You know, I always ask a lot of questions when I interview my patients, always ask a thorough history, where it started, how it started, what happened. It gives me a much better indication of what it is. Sure. I mean, I, when I was an exercise science major and I took all of these courses cause I have a concentration in exercise science. And so, uh, sciatica at that time was classified as pain that stops at the back of the knee is, was a good, uh, point of reference. Um, for me personally, it was all the way, all the way down the whole leg, like all the way. I mean, never ending. <laughs> Did you have numbness and tingling as well? Yes. And actually it's, and my doctor, um, does not really understand why it still happens, but now since my last surgery, because they had to go through the front, they had to move those big nerves around. I have, um, what was it called when you get half of a corner? Is it corners syndrome where half the side bell's palsy? No. So all like half of my body will go hot and half of it will be fine. And it's a side effect of moving that nerve. And, it's, oh, okay. and I don't remember what it's called. And some with like neck surgery or, or trauma, it'll, you can literally have a line down your body and half could be red because you're sweating and the other's fine. Me, it was just my legs. But right now, I never really had it before where I can't lay on my side with a wrinkle of any sort from like clothing. I always have to really, if I'm wearing clothing to bed, uh, smooth it out or the sheets because if there's a wrinkle and it's sitting right on the hip, it'll make my entire hip numb and it's super random. And he's like, I don't know why that would happen, but I never had it before. Uh, but also I typically am that patient where I just have phenomenons that just throw them for loops. <laughs> they are super random. Yeah. So they, he doesn't really know why it's maybe the way the hip is li- like where the nerve is now, or I don't really know. Um, but I did have numbness tingling. I, my legs would give out. I had drop foot for a while after my first surgery because with all those complications and the infection. So, um, extremely difficult. Uh, I'm lucky that I'm, you are very lucky. I'm I'm, I'm really happy to hear your success stories. I'm very happy to hear that. That's such so, so inspiring because a lot of patients don't have that success story. That's especially with the MRSA and everything else that you had. It was unbelievable. Thank you. I, I mean, it, it was a journey. I'm super excited. I don't have to do it anymore. And now I just, it's more maintenance and making sure that I have a strong core. And if I don't work out for a while, my body can feel it. And also I can tell if I reach a certain weight that my back starts to ache a little more because there's a little bit more weight on the spine. And so it's a really good gauge to keep me on track. And I have like kissing spine if I back up too much. And I thought, and he's like, yep, nope, you again should not have that because of your age, but it's good for you because it's a good like check because uh, it'll hit. So you have to listen to your body 100%. Always, always, always have to listen to your body and your body will never fail, always will let you know. And a small, big problem never starts with big problem. It always starts as a small problem and then it turns into a big problem if it's being, if it's left untreated or on, there's no attention to it. Right. And I saw a chiropractor at the very beginning and they did something called what was called the Thompson technique. And it was the, you know, the pelvic drop, it was the chair. And I went a few times, but then after my first surgery, I did go back because I was still having pain. It really wasn't fixed well. And it killed me. I was in so like tears after they did it. And so I never went back to a chiropractor because I was just, they couldn't do the, the proper adjustments. So yeah. 
Um, is that still something that y'all do or? I mean, again, it all depends. You have to really, really gauge the body, especially after surgery and see what can be done and what cannot. There are, there are a lot of very, very gentle techniques that we can use. There are blocks that we can put underneath the pelvis to allow the pelvis kind of realign itself because every time you have any kind of surgery, any kind of treat, any kind of trauma, that part of the body is being extremely protected. So the, the areas above it and below it compensate. And so if the, if if you had fusion and L4, L5 to L5, S1, definitely the hips and the SI joint, which is below it, can compensate for all of it because that part cannot function 100%. So the SI joints, which are the joints on the sacroiliac area and the hip, they're kind of like taking a little bit more pressure, you know, and everything is, we are very movable. It's all mechanical. So maybe just one little wrong move can put a little bit more pressure, less pressure on a certain nerve. So, you know, I'm, I don't know, maybe that particular chiropractor did a little bit too much, but there's many, many different, very, very gentle techniques that we can work in order to, you know, make you feel a little bit more comfortable. It doesn't have to be anything aggressive because after surgery, you were not aggressive. You can't be anything, you can't do anything aggressive anyways, but there sure. are can be done. And non-invasive is the very best way. I mean, yes, uh, surgery is necessary. And like in my case, I didn't have a choice, uh, unfortunately, uh, but non-invasive is always the best policy. So I'm really excited that you came on and educated everyone on different things that they could do and maybe give them some hope or give them some ideas on how they're feeling and how to improve their work at home life or even at the office too. You know, they have standing desks and ergonomically, uh, you know, structured, I guess, uh, keyboards too, and all sorts of things that, and mouses, uh, so, or mice, <laughs> you want to be grammatically correct. So I know that there's a business in a business for making things, make your body work well when you're working. Correct. And if anybody needs any information, they can go into my website, the spine and disc center.com. We're based in LA, but I'm also a member of disc centers of America. Disc centers of America is a national uh, group where we are a group of doctors that are just held to a higher standard in terms of education, research, science, and technology. And there are doctors all over the United States. Um, it's not a franchise. We all own our own practices, but we're, you know, kind of like, um, you know, being all educated by, you know, one entity. Yeah. One entity and, and really follow the research of that particular, of, of of the technology of non-surgical spinal decompression. And there are doctors all over the United States that use non-surgical decompression and other form of different modalities because technology is evolving. I always say the cell phone you have today is not the cell phone you had 10 years ago. So things are changing. So you can only imagine how many things are changing in the medical technology. It's evolving and changing and improving and things are just, there's amazing opportunity and options out there for people. And my biggest thing is that I wanna give patients an option Option. educate them on the option and then the patient is going to make a decision of what works for them and they're going to decide what they want to do what they want to get done or what they want to try because they may try one thing and it didn't work they want to try something else you need to give people options not just give them prescription oh 100 thank you so much dr rosenberg for that i just i am so appreciative for you sharing your knowledge with us and i could talk to you all day about this topic because it's near and dear to my heart and 
uh, I appreciate you coming on and I'll make sure that all of your links are in the notes and share your wonderful topical cream. And is there anywhere else that they can find maybe you on social media to follow? Uh, do you share any type of resources in that capacity? Yes, we have Mineralgia and Instagram. We have Instagram and Facebook Mineralgia. We have uh, uh, Dr. Rosenberg. I'm on Instagram and there's a lot of stuff that I put there. And that's where they can find me for now. Awesome. And Mineralgia is spelled M-I-N-E-R-A-L-I-G-I-A. All right. No. So it's based, uh, the word Mineralgia has the word mineral and algae is a word describing pain. Right. So we're treating pain through minerals and that's what it is. It's so scientific. It's the whole pairing the words together. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for being here and thank you listeners for checking out this podcast and go check out Dr. Rosenberg. She's got so many great resources and uh, hit her up on, on social media and yeah. until next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Heather. You're so welcome. All right. Bye for now. Hello, hello again. And I wanted to add to this episode that Dr. Rosenberg has generously offered anyone that has listened to this podcast and you're in the LA area or you're traveling there for some reason, if you hear this podcast and you want a free screening, she will give you a full screening for your condition. If you go in there and let her know that you heard her on my podcast, she's also uh, offering 10% off of her mineralgia cream. And there's a discount code CNC for any type of purchase. So if you were interested in checking that out or giving it a try, she was gracious enough to give us a code to offer you in case uh, you wanted to, to give it a whirl. So I'm very grateful for Dr. Rosenberg coming on again and educating us and mention that you heard her on the podcast and she'll get you a free screening, especially if you're in the LA area. Thank you for listening to the chaos and cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with follow the crumbs, to the Facebook group, or visit the chaos and cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.